one. Welcome to episode 19 of the Two Average Guys Sport Podcast. Just a couple average dudes talking about sports. No former playing experience, no former management experience, literally two average dudes. My name is Sam. This is my co-host here, Espen. Espen, how are we doing today, man? We're doing good. It's a nice 85 degrees here in Lawrence, Kansas, and then it's going to be 25 and snowing this weekend. Love literally. to see it. So what's Love the temperature to tomorrow? Isn't it like in the 40s? So we got 85, we had 45 yesterday, 85 today, 45 tomorrow, and then like 25 in snow and ice on Monday. So it's, you know, it's just another, another week living in the Midwest. So yeah, another, another, another week for sure. But today we have some great NBA news, MLB, NFL, college football, as well as our bets of the week. Shall we go ahead and get started? Let's do it. Yeah, so NBA, um, we obviously haven't been talking about as much. The season ended, nothing really to it. But we did hire another head coach. Well, not us, but the Pelicans did. They hired Stan Van Gundy. Um, I, I'm going to start off with this. I'm not a fan of this move at all. I never thought he was a great head coach. Um, I'm sure people will disagree with me, but what are your thoughts? I am not going to be one of those people who disagree with you. I agree with you 100%. Uh, no matter where he's gone, he's just not He's just not a great – he doesn't produce the results that elevate franchises. You've seen – uh, with the Magic, I, he did take the Magic to the finals, though, so I will give him that. Uh, yes. with, but he, they did have a stack team with Dwight Howard, uh, coached the Pistons, didn't do anything with them. Uh, the Pelicans, I just – the Pelicans, they don't have a super, super great roster to begin with, and I just don't see him elevating them to the next level. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this, I think, last week. We think a coach like Brett Brown would probably have been good there. You know, they have a lot mm-hmm. of young players. Um, Brett Brown is one of those coaches who is good at, you know, kind of – making players, you know, putting players in certain places and teaching them to win. But I, I don't think that Stan Van Gundy's the guy. Um, I'm sure Zion's going to ask for a trade within the next two days uh, because Stan Van Gundy got hired. Stan Van Gundy is like your loud, obnoxious family member who just doesn't shut up at the Thanksgiving dinner table. He, that's what he reminds me of. Am I right? <laughs> he, wants the, he wants the turkey leg too, though. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to like kill someone. Yeah, he just he just he's I've always just found him incredibly annoying. Just my yeah. personal opinion. But him him and Mike D'Antonio, I just can't stand as head coaches. D'Antoni? It's not D'Antonio. D'Antonio, Dan and Tony, it doesn't matter. D'Antonio doesn't have a job. Uh, ouch. Can't argue uh, with that logic. That's true, yeah. But, um, but going from the NBA to the MLB, World Series talk, game one happened. Um, I just want to throw this out there. Mookie Betts has earned us a free taco from Taco Bell, so shout out to Mookie Betts. Uh, Kershaw, who you said on Monday, I believe. Come on, man. I said, I said congrats to the Tampa Bay Rays before the game started. But Kershaw proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong, I think. Uh, he, you know, he's – like we, we had this talk. I asked you, is he the worst postseason pitcher of all time? Uh, he, I think he wanted to – I think he was watching the show. That's why he, he, he pitched so good. He, he buffed our show. Yeah, I mean, he might have because he went six and in strong, allowed two hits, only one run. I think it was a home run, and then he struck out eight, and that that's vintage uh, Kershaw to me. I mean, that's just – shout out to the Dodgers taking game one. Yeah, and then uh, going into game two, the bats woke up for Tampa Bay. Uh, Brandon Lau, he went, he went ham. Uh, he had a couple of home runs. Uh, the bats were working for Tampa uh, on – what was it? Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, so we have an even series now heading into uh, tonight's game on Friday. Um, we think it's, I mean, would you say this is going to probably be a back and forth series? Like no team is going to win two consecutive games. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it being that way. I just see both of these teams. Um, it, it, I feel like it's going to be just one, 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 blah, 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 blah. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Do you see a team winning two games in a row? Um. See, <laughs> I don't know because I've I've been I obviously after game one I'm like does Tampa really belong here and then game two you know does LA belong here so it's just one of those it's mm-hmm. one of those series uh, it's going to be fun for the casual fan um, I also I saw kind of a depressing stat though uh, this was the least watched World Series game one in I think in a long time it may have been history I'm not surprised either baseball's we've kind of touched on the subject before baseball's on the decline you know NFL's playing right now and. Oh. It's not the sexiest matchup either, if I'm being honest. You know, I, I am going to absolutely agree with you by all means. But if I'm – I hate to say it. We, we joke on Tampa not being a sports city. But the truth be told is not. The fans don't seem to be getting into the sports, and that's fine. 
They need to move to a city like Cleveland or not, excuse me, not Cleveland, Las Vegas, um, a, a team that has energy. I mean, a, or a city that has energy. And you look at some of the MLB teams are located. And it's just, it's not energy. They can move to Charlotte. Charlotte would be a great fan base because neither South Carolina or North Carolina has a team. So I, I think staying in Tampa is just not the move. I, I, I struggle with it. The thing though is, if they win, if they win a World Series, they're going to be sticking around in Tampa for a long time. No one's going to show up to the parade, even though it's Florida. But I mean, won't they though? Since they don't care about COVID, I mean, I think they would. COVID, COVID's not real to Florida people, man. It's a hoax. <laughs> Florida once again shining as a state, showing mm-hmm. why they're the sunshine state. Florida man does this. Florida man does that. Um, going from MLB to our Saturday action, college football. To start with the news, to say the least, Roddy White, who is a former NFL receiver, really believes that Trevor Lawrence should stay at Clemson another year if the Jets get the first pick. What are your thoughts? So there's you could you could compile a pros and cons list for Trevor Lawrence. Pros, you're going to New York, which is arguably one of the coolest cities to live in. Cons, you're playing for the Jets. You're playing for a crap organization. You're playing for potentially Adam Gase, who if he's still there, the coach. He's going to get fired. You have no offensive line. You have no weapons now because you got rid of your last weapon with Le'Veon Bell. So congratulations. Maybe um, Jamison Crowder. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was trying to hey, trying to be optimistic here. It's not working. But you can stay. You can stay in college for another year. You know, enjoy that warm South Carolina life at Clemson, and play probably win another national championship. So. That or he gets tr- or that or he demands a trade. Like we we thought with Joe Burrow, like like people were like, how is Joe Burrow going to possibly go to the Bengals? You know, I think it was the well. Ohio- that's the thing. The Bengals had weapons. They have AJ Green. Yeah. They have Tyler uh, Tyler Boyd, I believe. They have T Higgins. Like they have weapons. The Jets have no one. And I mean, he it looks like he's working. I mean, he's adapted to their system really well. I mean, they play they play a different offense than LSU. You know, LSU was really you know fast paced. They had a ton of weapons. They wanted to move the ball quickly. Where Cincinnati, it's a little bit slowed down a bit, which you can. Debate it's usually the other way around, actually, which is kind of unique. Yeah, which um, but what do you think? You think you think he should stay at LSU or, or sorry, I think, Clemson? I think you have to go to the NFL because when the NFL comes knocking, I firmly believe that even though it's the Jets. They can't suck forever. Now, that being said, it's the Jets, so they probably could. But what I think will happen is, if I had to guess, the Jets are going to trade Sam Darnold for probably like a third-round pick because he's not first-round quality, and he showed that. And I think if they, they what they need to do is build an offensive line. Um, that's, that's point A. Point B is, okay, maybe you can build around Sam Darnold and build an offensive line. And if that's the case, you're giving up the number one picks for an offensive lineman, and it's really unheard of. Or what you do is you trade the first round picks to someone else. I I would not be surprised if he goes to the NFL, as he should. Um, but I, you, you could argue both ways. Conspiracy time. Matt Ryan to the Jets. Atlanta gets the number one pick, and they draft Trevor Lawrence. That's something they would do. They have Joe Flacco. I mean, Flacco sucks, but <laughs> Flacco's like. He's got to be, what, 50 years old right now? He's got to be up there. He has great hair for sure. Yeah. He, he's old. Um, also in college football talk, LSU, speaking about Jerbo, Joe Burrow, bans Odell Beckham for like two years because he threw $100 bills after the national championship game. I remember watching that video after they won the, the, the Natty um, back in January this year. Um, and I just remember him throwing bills at the players and just giving them money. I'm just like, wait, is this just going to go unnoticed? Is this just <laughs> like some kind of prank? And then the and then the NCAA, of course, has to be assholes and get involved. And uh, yeah, they decided to ruin Odell Beckham uh, visits to LSU in the future. So you think you like this move or? It's so dumb. Just it's let him so have crazy. let him have fun. I mean, the guys, the, those LSU guys got. Maseratis and Lamborghinis to come there, so it's just—I mean, a hundred bucks isn't much. Yeah, I mean, a hundred bucks is nothing to them because you know what? They're eating steak and lamb chops for dinner. Like, oh, crawfish! NCAA, yeah, no, a little crawfish action. Um, and then I mean, I guess in a more serious subject, but not really. NIL vote is coming in January. The name, image, and likeness. Um, for those of you that don't know what this is, essentially players can make their own brands and get money for it. They just can't use a school's name. That's it. 
I'm all for the name. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how can you not be against this? I mean, it's these top athletes with how much money there's college football and college basketball bring in. They, they should, they should have some kind of benefit. Yeah, I mean, even at, like, the schools, you know, for women's sports, like uh, women's basketball in Connecticut or Tennessee, Yukon, Connecticut, whatever, it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Grammar person. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a little grammar doctor action. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it's so dumb that they can't earn money for their, like, own name. It's, yeah. it's annoying. Also, NCAA video games for us. NCAA football 2021, 2022. We even had oh. we even had football since fourteen. We haven't had college basketball since twenty ten. So that is terrible. It, it, we need some. Uh, we need some. We need some fun. But we don't need college basketball or college baseball or anything. We don't need that. No one cares about that. Sorry, no wow. one cares about that. Give me the top games of the week. So yeah, previewing uh, this weekend's big games. Uh, big Ten's back. So we got the Big Ten starting this weekend. Uh, big game uh, at noon Eastern, uh, Nebraska traveling to the shoe at the Ohio State University. Ohio State will pummel the, the Cornhuskers. Oh, absolutely. I hope Ohio State slaughters them. Nebraska's head coach, Ryan – no, not Ryan Day. I don't remember his name. Scott, Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Scott Frost. The dude was making an idiot out of Kobe. He's like, well, after the Big Ten, we're going to leave. Like, dude, you're not leaving the Big Ten. I, I can't I can't cheer for Ohio State though I I cheer against Ohio, Ohio State's up there for me for like with Alabama for college football. Oh, I love Ohio State, but I also love Texas. Yeah. Okay. Next big game. Uh, well, uh, pretty big Big Twelve game. Uh, number seventeen Iowa State traveling to Stillwater to take on number six Oklahoma State. Um, I need this for my college football pick, my preseason pick. Uh, Oklahoma State. I think they continue to roll, and I think they get the dub. I know, I, I know you predicted it. it surprised me, but they just keep climbing up the ranks, and they could. My they my, could. Dumb, my dumb ass said Clemson would miss the playoff this year. Yeah, that that came around to bite you in the ass. Bite you in the yeah. ass. Yeah, you skipped was... an ACC matchup though, the Battle of North Carolina, um, oh, number twenty-three, yeah. NC State versus previously number five, now number fourteen, North Carolina. Um, North Carolina. Uh, it, it's a really good game on paper, but I think I think North Carolina bounces back and they you know they got they're they're still a great team. They just they just got oh they they played Florida State so it was yeah they they got upset so you know yeah. we'll have to see. Give me the uh, next then, Big Ten. Yeah, I believe College Game Day is here for this other ranked matchup that we have. Uh, number eighteen Michigan and number twenty one Minnesota. And what are you doing? <laughs> Big are Ten, you... baby. Big Ten. <laughs> Put on the binoculars. The big, the big ten plus four with fourteen teams. Uh, does Michigan does uh does uh, John Jim Harbaugh get off to a, another rocky start and lose at Minnesota, or does Michigan get the win? Michigan loses. I can't stand him at you know, I, I I think he's a great head coach, and I'm sure he is. I just can't stand what he's done at Michigan. He complains every year after his team loses a bullshit game to like fucking Northwestern or something. So it's just sorry for using the F word. My apologies. Just, it annoys me because he, he literally complains after every single time. And the fact that he's still there after not being Ohio State, he's like 0-7 against him now. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going I'm to go Michigan, though. Uh, but then uh, going into our next game, uh, the two – I mean, this arguably is the best, I mean, matchup this weekend with the rankings, number nine versus number 16, Cincinnati traveling to SMU. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bearcats. I think Cincinnati gets the road win. I go SMU. I mean, I, I love the city of Dallas. Um, I've driven by SMU's campus. That's about my closest connection to it. Driving by the campus, um, but I, I think SMU is one of those teams this year, and I don't think Cincinnati's about it. I think they're fake as hell. It's like, you know, when a girl wears makeup, just fake. Maybe not the best description, but. We, do we know anything about these two teams? Nope. Are we just guessing? Yep. <laughs> SMU's quarterback is Shane Bichelle, who was a former Texas Longhorn, so. Well, shocking. You go with the Texas team, so. What do you do? And then our underrated games of the week. Um, number three, Notre Dame at Pittsburgh. I have Notre Dame losing because they played Louisville awfully close, and Louisville's just not good. I have no uh, Pittsburgh. A complete opposite happens. Notre Dame blows Pittsburgh out of the building. But at the same time, it would same time it wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh wins. So, 
then we got our we we have to include old miss in this segment because lane kiffin is like a god he's awesome. i mean he's awesome he's just awesome yeah he's he's just up there as greatest head coaches of all time i think he's better than saban i mean you could argue he's better than saban um auburn at old miss <laughs> i don't really care about this game i just i just love nick uh love love lane kiffin uh yeah auburn i guess if i had to pick auburn yeah it's it's not a game that matters just Lane Kiffin is yeah. – you go to church to worship, worship him in uh, Mississippi. Um, next Big 12, go ahead. Yeah, two teams who are unranked, which I, I think last year they were both – they were both top 20 when they played each other, Oklahoma at TCU. Um, I think Oklahoma, their season gets back on, on its wheels, and boomer sooner they start rolling again, so I'm going to go Sooners. I think TCU and the opposite. I don't get me wrong. Spencer Radler is a good quarterback. He's just young. He's inexperienced. Um, TCU, obviously it's Texas. So they don't really care how many fans are actually at the game. Um, TCU played Texas closely. I think TCU has a shot in this one. Yeah, it's. It's 50, 50, obviously, but. I mean, that will probably be the, that could be the final. That could be the score going into overtime 50, 50, because there'll be no defense, but yeah. Well, from one Big 12, no defense to the SEC, no defense. Um, South Carolina at LSU. Uh, Coach, what is it? Ed Oregon? Oregon? Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. Um, there was a picture floating around with him and a woman. So much, I didn't see much, anything. A much younger woman at that. Uh, After he divorced his wife of 23 years. So rip. Shout out to Coach Ed Orgeron. He, he's living his life. Go, go, go Tigers. Yeah, hit him with that crawfish. Um, not a game that I care about, but South Carolina and the upset. I never camping against my guy, Ed. Go, Ed. Go, LSU. He's one and two on the year. Well, they lost half their team to COVID in the NFL. You know, it's a rebuilding year. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, from a Saturday to Sundays, if you didn't hear about it, the Ravens added another former uh, all uh, Pro Bowl, not All-Star. Uh, defensive end. I don't know how to pronounce the name. He played in Jacksonville, and then he went to Minnesota, and now he's on the Ravens. Um, but yeah, Ravens stacking up on defense to go against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Not gonna lie, I completely missed that, so I don't know who you're talking about. But good for it, them. I, it was. Hold on, I'll look it up. Go ahead with the next news. Uh yeah, this one's pretty some pretty big news. Uh, Seattle is looking to go after Antonio Brown uh, after his eight game suspension is up. Um, you know, Antonio Brown has been the biggest wild card in the NFL the last couple of years. Uh, he was originally supposed to play for the Raiders, uh, had that whole helmet controversy, then spiraled out of control. Uh, I think he's going through a lot of mental health issues. Um, and then he gets he gets onto the Patriots roster, uh, plays – what's his name? Yannick Gakui. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it, but he, he was a former pro bowler. But, yeah, Antonio Brown um, – and then he was, yeah, like I said, he was on the Patriots for a game. Two games, one or two games. He played against the Dolphins, had like seven catches and a touchdown. That was it. Yeah, I forget why. I forget why he was. Did he just? Did he? Why was he kicked off the Patriots again? Um, I think it was a domestic violence thing in Florida. That's right. Yeah. But that's right. I, do you like this move because they have Tyler Lockett, who's arguably one of the best slot receivers and now kind of outside receivers. And then on the other side, they have DJ Metcalf, or excuse me, DK Metcalf. Do you like this? I think he's just a head case in the making. I don't understand why teams still want to try and deal with him, and especially Seattle when their offense is already so good. It's a, it's really it. They work really well together. You have Russell Wilson has. You can even throw Chris Carson in the mix. You know, they they use him as, as some screen passes. Mm-hmm. So you have three legitimate receivers there. I don't see why if you're Seattle mm-hmm. why you would go after him. Uh, you know, if you're the Jets, go after him because you need all the help you can get. Yeah, I, it's just not a good move. Um, I, I don't like it. That's yeah, it. It's... From one wide receiver to the next, though, uh, Des Bryant, former Dallas Cowboy, um, to the Ravens practice squad, if I shall say. He just needs to pass his physical. I actually like this move. I, you know, other than Marquise Brown, it doesn't seem like the Ravens have a lot of threats, and I think this could actually be a decent enough addition. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah. And Des Bryant, been, I know he's been like rumored to be a head case and I'm sure he is a little bit. Um, but I think he seems to be a little bit more stable than Antonio Brown. Yeah. I, 
to be honest, I haven't been the biggest Des Bryant fan. Uh, he, he went to Oklahoma State, and uh, he played against Kansas. And the, the two years Kansas was actually good. I remember he, he was shit-talking so much to the Kansas team, and Aqib Tlaib absolutely just torched him when they played. And I, I just never liked him on the Cowboys, just never liked his mentality and didn't like, didn't like the way he went about himself. But, you know, he, he suffered a horrible injury, but, you know, it's good for him if he's trying to make a comeback. Yeah, for sure. And then go ahead, take it with our last NFL news before we get to the picks. Yeah, so the Vegas uh, Raiders O-line, boy, you are you are in for a show. Uh, Viva Las Vegas, baby. Let's go. It's it's a it's a new next and brightest newest show on the Vegas Strip. Uh, the O-line is very high risk COVID. Uh, Jonathan Abram, who is a safety, uh, has COVID, and not much else to say. But good luck to the Raiders. You are screwed. It's- this is the offensive lineman on the Raiders just going down one by one, just down. Like you're just going down like your dollars at slot machines in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, it is <laughs> – the Cowboys have a pretty terrible offensive line. I'll say that, but the Raiders are about to go play with all second stringers, so. <laughs> and they play, the Bucks. they play the Bucks this weekend, who have a very good defensive line, so. Yeah, I mean, and the Dominican Sue, who we know is like – he will, tear gonna... Derek, he will tear Derek Carr's head off. Yeah, he'll probably, like, go for – he'll probably kick in nuts or he'll try and stomp on your head. I don't know, but – up to Derek Carr this week. If he's alive after, that's going to be nice to know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, transitioning from our news to uh, to the picks, uh, I picked up two games on you, so you're only three up right now. So, got to – We have to get... bounce back this week, man. Uh, we need – I still need to catch up a little bit. But uh, <laughs> kicking off with Thursday Night Football uh, – recording it today but the Thursday night game happened last night uh really crappy matchup if you ask me uh the the Giants come to Philadelphia uh who we like and I can I can go ahead and start uh, I'm gonna say the Eagles get their second win of the season I have to agree with you but I can't say the team because I can't stand that team um it's just the Giants aren't good man the Giants suck I mean the Giants were a two-point conversion away from losing to the Washington football team suck Terrible. And then moving moving from NFC, I'll, I'll you take the next one since it's We're zero. in the NFC East. Don't matter. Cowboys at Washington. God only knows what the hell is going to happen. I mean, the Cowboys are down almost every single position. Washington has their own injuries as well. Um, I don't, I'm assuming Kyle Allen's starting again. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I have to take my, uh, my Cowboys here. This is probably one of the few times I'm going to take them the rest of this season. Um, I want to pick against you, but I just – Washington's terrible. Yeah. They're, I mean, that, the NFC should just be relegated to the MAC. <laughs> that's our, that's our, that's our episode title. That's a good episode title. NFC East relegated to the right. MAC. Let's go. Um, I'm gonna go Dallas as well, though. I think Dallas gets the win. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Take the next one. So the this is the blown game ball. Detroit and Atlanta. Uh, who who will blow this lead? Uh. Lions coming in at two and three, Falcons one and five. I think Falcons get their second win of the season. I'm going to take Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think after I, – I mean, we kind of see this, you know, usually um, the first few games after the head coach gets fired and a new coach kind of comes in, the energy is a little bit better. Um, I think Atlanta coming off the hot week against Minnesota. Yeah. Atlanta. Uh, next one, a battle of Ohio, battle of the Chili's, um, battle of the two best cities of all time. The, uh, I was about to say Cincinnati Browns. The Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, just another one of those matchups you just don't want to watch. Tough game to pick. It, it is a tough game to pick. I'm going to have to go Cleveland here. I just don't think Cincinnati. I know you want to take uh, Cleveland. Um, I'm high on Cincinnati, but I, I don't think. Sorry, Joe Burrow. Reverse psychology. I actually wanted to take Cincinnati, and that's who I'm going to pick. I think they played They played the Thursday night game uh, in, like, week two, and it was really close. Cincinnati, Cleveland's a little bit – like you said, Cleveland's banged up. I'm going to go Cincinnati here. I, I would love to have take Cincinnati, but I after blowing that lead to Phillip Rivers, it's just – it makes it hard to – I think they I think they bounce back. But uh, probably the game of the week, even though it, it doesn't really feel like the game of the week, I guess mm-hmm. we have – I mean, both teams 5-0 and uh, winner gets sole sole control of the AFC as the number one seed. Uh, Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Uh, both teams five and zero. Oh. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tennessee here. I have to agree with you. I know you didn't want to hear that, but I think Tennessee just dominates with their run game. 
Um, I know Pittsburgh's very good at handling the run game, but I, I think they have what it takes. I, I still don't think Pittsburgh's a legit team, though. That's that's my thing. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger's a legit quarterback. I think the defense is carrying that team, and I think he's just there as a little <clears throat> bit of help, and that's what they need him for, and that's fine. I think they'll be a playoff team, no doubt. I mean, you're 5-0. and Like, you're just – even if they struggle, I mean, they'll probably still finish, like, at least 10-6, and six, and that'll get you a playoff spot. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I could see him go 9-7 and seven as well. So we'll definitely see what happens. Next one, um, heading down south to Mardi Gras, New Orleans, Panthers at Saints. Panthers 3-3, three and three, kind of the surprise of the year already. Um, Saints 3-2. and two. This is a tough game. I really, I really think that the Saints have uh, regressed over the past couple um, weeks. I, I don't think Drew Brees, I think you're seeing him in his final year. I, I would love to take – both teams um, and a tie. Um, not that it's going to happen. I think, I think the Saints get the victory, but it's not close. Or excuse me, it is close. Yeah, I was. I'll have that ramble and just pick the Saints. That's me. Um, I'm have to agree with you. I hate to agree, but I need to make mm-hmm. up games. But I think the Saints are the they're going to win. So. Yeah. Uh, but then moving into the battle of New York for our next game, uh, do the Jets get their first win or do the B- Bills uh, rebound? I L L S. The Bills are going to jump through a table on the Jets. <laughs> the I mean, Bills are the Bills are playing pissed off. Uh, shout out to my Chiefs. You know they played pretty solid against them on Monday. Uh, Bills got crushed against Tennessee a couple weeks ago. You know this game really, I don't think it's close. I think the Bills just. I kind of want to see the Jets not score again. It'd be fun to have them have a goose egg two weeks in a row. Wouldn't you agree? 21-0. I'm thinking 35-0. <laughs> it might be. It's Bills. Bills are winning. Uh, next game is the Packers, who came off their worst defeat. Um, obviously, I know they're 4-1, and one, but they got killed by the Bucks At the Texans, I have to go Packs. Pack. Go Pack. Go. I keep – I've picked Houston a lot this year. I can't pick them again. I'm going to go Packers. Yeah, it's just not not a fun game. Yeah. That's it. Next game, shoot. Uh, next game, the COVID game of the week. Uh, so Tampa Bay traveling to Vegas. Uh, so this, not even a question who I'm picking, uh, Tampa Bay is going to win. Yeah, the Bucks are going to bring the cannons and they're going to shoot the cannons uh, all up in the Raiders' faces. Um, just not a, not a fun matchup. Not. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I wish. If you're a Bucks, or excuse me, if you're a Raiders fan, I, I'm sorry. Um, next game, Chiefs at Broncos. I'm gonna let you take this one because I have my own thoughts. I think I know who. Um, yeah, it's you know I think it's gonna be a close close game. We always play the Broncos really close. Um, you know, division rivalry game. I think there's a chance of snow in Denver on Sunday, so we could get our first snow game of the year. I mean, it's supposed to snow here in Kansas City, so um, I'm gonna go Chiefs. 25th. Yeah, earliest I've ever seen snow. Probably going to be the earliest I've ever seen snow. So uh, my thoughts well, – I'm going well, to pick Chiefs, and what are your thoughts? I'm going to agree with you on the Chiefs, but I, I think this is going to be a very close game. I mean, you told me a few weeks ago that the Chiefs played divisional opponents close, um, and even if there's a few upsets here and there, I think the Chiefs obviously win this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at, like, a 20 to probably – uh, probably 20 to 17 game. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, going to be close. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, I'll let you take the next one. 49ers at Patriots. 49ers 3-3. Three and three. This is a very interesting game. Um, Patriots 2-3. and three. Um, 49ers beat up, but they did kind of come off an upset against the Rams. Patriots have been struggling, it seems like. I have the 49ers in this one, but once again, I think it's going to be a close game. Wow. I'm going to go Patriots. I was I was I was really thinking you're gonna go 49ers, but I'm kind of surprised you picked. I know you're you're a Belichick fan, so I I am a Bill Belichick fan, and I would love to pick the Patriots here, but I think they just don't have an offense that's going to be moving the ball down the field a lot, and I think that's obviously going to be a big struggle. Yeah, um, moving in moving into our next game, uh, boy, this ain't this ain't gonna be fun to watch. The one and five Jaguars against the one and four Chargers. Uh, Jags making that cross country road trip. Uh, you just if you're if you're a fan of both of these teams, you gotta you're probably more optimistic if you're a Chargers fan because you got the young quarterback. You know Gardner Minshew was showing signs of ex, of flashes of of greatness, but I'm gonna take LA here. I think the Chargers get the win. Dun, 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 dun. Charge! Give me the Chargers. Okay, Colonel. That was, 
that was really clever by me. And I think I got to give myself props for that one. <laughs> uh, our now flexed into Sunday night game, Seahawks 5-0 and at Cardinals 4-2. and This is a... Uh, this is a tough matchup. I mean, Minnesota played Seattle a couple weeks ago and Minnesota showed up in the first half, disappeared in the second. Cardinals coming off of a nice, clean victory. Um, oh, damn it. I think it's going to be another shootout like the Cowboy game. I really – I'm struggling here. Go ahead and pick why I struggle. I mean, it is your turn to pick first. Ah, you know. oh, damn it. I was trying to see what you would take. I, I have the Seahawks here. I'm not so sure about this one, but I, I see Seattle just being 5-0. You mean 6-0? 6-0. Seattle 6-0. Trying to play smart this week, but I'm trying to play safe at the same time. I'm playing a very safe week in, in our picks. I'm gonna, tell. I'm gonna pick Seattle as well. Um, I think Cardinals came off a huge win. You know, they're they're a good team, but I don't think they. I think the Seahawks are just they're gonna be a 13 or 14 win team this year. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. I don't know when they'll lose, but it's not gonna be this week. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And then give us our Monday night game. <clears throat> Monday night game, uh, Bears against the Rams. Uh, pretty good matchup. Probably going to be a very defensive matchup, I would say. Um, another tough one. These, these games are getting tough to pick. Uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Rams. I think they bounce back from the loss against the 49ers. I think they get the win against the Bears. So I'm going to go Rams. I'm actually going to go opposite of you. I have to go Chicago. Um, if there were fans at this game, I'd pick the Rams. I just think with no fans, um, Chicago's defense is obviously playing very well. Um, I I think we. We see a fun defensive matchup on Monday night. Yeah, for sure. And so, then give us our other news of the week. So, yeah, we um, uh, not much other sports news, but uh, the Zozo Championship kicking off for golf this week. Uh, it's usually played in Japan. Uh, shout out to Tiger Woods, who actually won this event last year in Japan. But they can't play it, obviously, over there. So they're playing uh, at, a, at Sherwood Country Club in California. Um, stacked field, it's probably – you don't usually get these fields in the fall events – um, my pick, I think I'm over like a lot on our podcast picks for, for golf for me. I'm going to go Xander Shoffley this week. I think he gets a win. Uh, he looks like he's in great form. Um, so, yeah, I think that's 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 pretty much it. We're counting down the weeks to Augusta. I know I am. Uh, being the crazy golf nerd I am, I'm excited for I'm excited for, uh, for for the Masters to come up here in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, to me, it doesn't really make a difference. I would love to see this tournament be playing in Hawaii. Um they don't do that till January, but you know. Do they play a tournament in Hawaii? They do two weeks in Hawaii in like early to mid January. So. Didn't know that. That's good to know. I actually had no idea. <laughs> I couldn't tell you who wins. Couldn't tell you who loses. That's why. Uh, that's why they call me the golf expert here on the show. Masters. Rest of the golf. That's it. That's how much I care about golf. Masters. It's like a roller coaster. And it just goes downhill. U.S. Open downhill. PJ Championship, downhill. That's it. Give me your first bet of the week. Oh, also, don't take any of us advice because we, well, I don't gamble. Espen does 50-50 for him. It's it's like a couple times a year, but, you know. Uh, But starting out with the college game this week, uh, why am I I picking this game? Kansas is a 19-and-a-half-point underdog to the Kansas State Wildcats. I think they cover the spread somehow. Don't ask me how it'll oh, happen. Man. It could either be like a 17-point game or K-State might win by 50 points. They might put – we just lost our running back, our, the only good running back we've had in 10 years. So, shout out to, shout out to Kansas football. Striving. Yeah, my uh, first pick of the week is 49ers at Patriots. Patriots a two-point favorite. I have 49ers covering the spread. And like I said earlier, 49ers winning. Give me your second one. Uh. Tam, I, like I said earlier, Tampa Bay playing, playing a banged up uh, Vegas team. They're three and a half point favorites. I'm gonna pick Tampa to cover the spread. There, they might be. It might get ugly in Vegas, to say the least. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I, I honestly could see Tampa having like six or seven sacks in this game. Yeah, it it, it might get ugly. Yeah, um, we're up to Derek Carr. Like I said, if you hear about Derek Carr dying, it's because the Raiders' offense line got COVID. Uh, Notre Dame, a ten and a half point. Favorite versus Pittsburgh. I, I don't think Notre Dame is that great. They're showing their true colors. They're waiting to choke. I have Pittsburgh. 
Interesting, interesting pick. Uh, I know you're very anti-Notre Dame. <laughs> I am so anti-Notre Dame, and it's not because I'm a Jew. It's, I, I just, their football team is not legit. Give me your third pick. Uh, yeah, going into my final final bet, uh, Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point fa- favorites over Houston. I think Green Bay, they, they, they bounce back. Uh, they got absolutely boat raced by Tampa. So, uh, Packers, Packers winning in Houston. Uh, who is your final, final bet? My last pick is for tonight's game, the L.A. Dodgers versus Tampa Bay Rays. Over under seven and a half, which seems awfully low, considering baseball is just – it's not <clears throat> a low-scoring game anymore. So, um, I have the over there. Uh, those are our bets of the week. Um, now I'm going to turn it over to Espen to introduce our special interview guest. Yeah, so we we were both really excited to talk to this special someone, um, our first professional athlete on the show. Uh, we, we teased it a little bit earlier in the week with on our social medias. But we got to inter- uh, we got to interview uh, Stephen Yeager, who is a professional golfer, uh, played on the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, he's one of <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he's one of two players to ever shoot 58. So it is really interesting to hear kind of what his thought process was uh, shooting that low score. Uh, we also talked about uh, how he college golf growing up in Germany. Um, kind of some other fun questions in there. We'll let you listen to those, but uh, super excited to have him on. Uh, again, we can't thank him enough for having him on, and it was uh, fun to talk to him. Yeah, for sure. Really nice guy as well. Um, and then following our guest for today's episode, Monday, we have another special interview guest, um, so be sure to stay on for that. But yeah, now introducing Steven Yeager. Yeah, let's go. All right, take care, man. See you later. All right, so we are here with a very special guest today, our first ever professional athlete coming on our podcast. We are joined by Steven Yeager, who has played in many PGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour events. He is recently coming off a tie for second at the Orange County National Championship in Orlando, Florida. And he's also well, most well-known for shooting a 58, one of only two players here, in the, here on the PGA or Corn Ferry Tour to do so. So uh, how are you doing, Steven? Good. I'm uh, relaxed at home. Uh, we always have a couple weeks off now or a couple months. So I'm just kind of uh, getting used to the home life. We don't get to you know, spend too much time at home, but uh, it's good. I'm enjoying kind of staying at home and uh, hanging out with the friends that, that uh, you know, we normally don't get to see very often. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. sure it's nice to have a little bit of an off season now and, you know, relax a little bit and get some time away from the game. Um, but yeah, if we want to start rolling into our questions we have for you. Um, so the first question we have is, uh, who inspired you to get into the game of golf? And who are some of the greats that you've always looked up to? Well, you know, inspired, I would, I would probably say my family. We, um, my mom and dad always played on like vacation. And my sister was a pretty good golfer. And she's, she's like 13 years older than me. So um, I was introduced to like driving golf carts pretty early. Um, <laughs> And that was, you know, that was a three, four, five, six-year-old kid was was about the best thing I could think of. So um, I just pretty much watched on vacation a lot. And um, finally, the bug hit me when I was probably nine or ten and got my first set of golf clubs in. And um didn't take me long to, to you know, kind of get better and, and play a lot. We lived pretty close to a golf course at home in Germany. And, um yeah if you have friends on the golf course that early, I think, you know, we just spent, we'd spent 10 hours out there uh, every weekend. And um, I wouldn't say it was all practice. It was more like running around and hitting a couple chips and putts in there and um, just having a good time with, with, as a, as a kid. So um, as, as professional golfers, I, I don't think I had that in, in like in my sight until I was probably 13 or 14. And um I guess Keimer wasn't really that – he wasn't really – he's only three or four years older than me, so he wasn't really like that that um, prominent then. I mean, I would say probably Tiger. I mean, Tiger's, you know, 2000s, early 2000s is where I kind of got got the bug and got really into competitive golf and amateur golf and stuff. So, um, I would it, – it's, it's a cliche, but it's, you know, he was so prominent back then that – that anybody in my age group probably would think, Hey, this is, this is cool. I want to do this. And, um, and uh, yeah, that's probably pretty much the, the number one. Awesome. Awesome. For sure. And like you said, you grew up in Germany. Um, so what was it like playing golf there and growing up there and then making that transition uh, to UT Chattanooga? 
Well, I, you know, obviously I, um, the, the amateur circuit is a little different there because schools don't really have golf teams and high school teams don't really exist that much. I mean, we had a school team, but it wasn't competitive. We'd meet like once a month and play around every once, you know, we'd have, I think one tournament, um, and the, the level play was pretty bad. So, um, once you kind of grow out the, of the local town, you go on the, I would say, I guess the state team um, for us as Bavaria is, is the state, you know, that I grew up in. And that's a little more competitive and you play against the other states in Germany and stuff. And um, next level would be, you know, would be German golf team, you know, which you would play international events and all that. And I did all that when I was, you know, 15, 16. And, um, I actually came over for high school for, for two years in Chattanooga and, um, kind of, that's where, you know, that the love of competitiveness and uh, the back of my mind, I knew I kind of wanted to do college here and, um, do an exchange here, kind of learn, you know, learn language and, and, and see what, you know, how much you have in golf. I mean, that's the best players in the, in the, in the world pretty much go to the States at any, any time. And, um, yeah, ended up, I was supposed to just do one year here and then go back and finish school in Germany and then maybe do college, you know, depending how it goes. And I stayed for the second year and graduated at, at the Baylor school here in Chattanooga. And, um, yeah, had a couple offers. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't highly recruited just because I'd only been, you know, here my junior and senior year mm-hmm. and, all the good colleges, you know, recruit early on. I mean, they've got freshmen, sophomore in high school are committing. And um, so, you know, it wasn't like highly recruited. And I picked, the, you know, the, the local hometown where I just kind of felt comfortable. Um, my parents felt comfortable with me staying here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a great road. I, I love this town. Um, I think it's a great golf town. I think, you know um, – it's very it's not I'm not a big town like big city guy uh, I grew up in a smaller town in Germany and um, it, it just kind of fit fit my lifestyle and what I was used to and stuff so I'm happy with the decision of you know coming over and, and doing all that awesome yeah that's that's definitely cool yeah um, and then kind of transitioning um into your professional career you know you had a successful golf career at Chattanooga but um you've you you're you're a season you've played in a lot of tournaments on the PGA and Corn Ferry Tour and what would you say some of the biggest differences are between the two tours um you know I think competitiveness uh, you know I think top players on the Corn Ferry you can see in the last couple of years they, they compete you know they compete on the PGA Tour pretty early I think it's all about getting comfortable um being comfortable playing with you know some names that you watch you know I mean it, it's kind of different than watching on TV than playing with them on Saturday and Sunday um, you got to be very confident in your game and what you have and what you're doing um, and I think the only you know golf courses may they may be a little harder uh, a little harder to score um, and you got to realize those guys out there you know some of them have been out there for 15, 20 years, they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, there's no like, oh, I don't, you know, I feel a little different today. I wonder what that is. They, it's, it's a, you know, it's work for them. It's, they've been super successful and um, you've got to beat a lot of them a lot of times. So um, it's just hard. I mean, any, anytime you go to a, like a, a higher college and, uh, or like higher level, um, it's harder to beat somebody. Um, and uh, yeah, you, just try to get better and try to improve and, and, and get more comfortable the, the, the longer you go out there. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and kind of, um, I guess, speaking, you know, the competition hasn't changed. The environment has, though, because of COVID. So what's it like playing with no fans? Um, do, you, do you think there's like, do you have to adjust to it? Or is it just like, okay, go hit the ball like usual? Well, for us on the Corn Ferry Tour, I don't think we don't get the thousands of fans that they do on the PGA tour or some of the, you know, us open for instance, or the masters. So, um, I wouldn't say it's that big of a difference. Um, and I think if you, you know, if you ask somebody like tiger or somebody, you know, the bigger guys that get huge crowds, I think it, it depends if you feed off the crowds, you know, tigers in that fall of his career that 
he just kind of feeds off the energy they give him and stuff and then cheers and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're trying to beat each other. We're trying to beat the golf course. And um, it doesn't – I don't think it makes you more nervous uh, playing in front of people. I think you're kind of getting used to that after your first couple of years of professional golf. Um, and the reason you're, there's a reason you're inside the ropes and most of the fans outside the ropes, you know. So um, it's – once you kind of realize that, it's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory why – you know, why you know, some people don't, you know, they don't care if there's a thousand fans there because you kind of, you get zeroed in on what you want to do. So, of course, it's not the, really the big difference. Um, obviously, on tour, it's probably a little different, but uh, we don't really get that many fans on the Corn Ferry events. Gotcha. Yeah, and going going back a few years ago, um, to, I mean, to probably what you're most well-known for is uh, only you and Jim Furyk are the only two guys to have ever shot a 58 here uh, in the United States on in a round. Um, so my question for you is, what was that day like for you, and what were you thinking while playing that round at the LA May Classic? Like, were you thinking about making history that day, or just kind of what was the whole thought process? Well, it's actually interesting because I went into that, that uh, week, I think, it was, I think it was like late July, I think, and um, I went in that week, and I haven't played good all year. I mean, I think it was like 106 maybe on the money list. So I was just, you know, I was just trying to get a good finish. I was trying to keep my Corn Fairy card at the time and just trying to, like I said earlier, get better. You know, you want to get better in every level. And, um, you know, the year before, I finished like 80, 86 on the money list. And I just wanted to kind of – I wanted a place to play the next year. So – Nothing felt really different on Wednesday or, you know, started off pretty normal on Thursday. I mean, I birdied like maybe two of the first four. Um, and then I went on a pretty pretty hard run, I think, through the next four holes. Um, I was birdied the next four holes. I was – I think I shot six under in the front, which is 29 there because it's 35 and 35. So – you know, 29 is great, but it's, you know, it's been done for. I mean, plenty of people shot 29 on nine holes. So, you, you're like, hey, I'm just, I want to keep this going. I want to just kind of keep making birdies and whatever. And um, I birdied one and two right out of the gate, or my 10th and 11th hole, which is one and two there. Um, and, you know, you're eight under. You're like, okay, this is pretty good coming to par five. And I actually hit it on the green and two and a par five, pretty easy par five. It's like a five iron. But I put it like on the on the wrong level on the green, and it was very slopey, and it was almost impossible to get it within ten feet. So I actually three three putted uh, my twelfth hole, um, and I was like, Shh, you know, dang it, you, you kind of <laughs> it was in back in my mind, and you're like, God, that would have been the one that you kind of you get to nine under, and you know they've got six holes left, and you got to make two birdies to shoot fifty nine, um, and and I birdied like the next three. I think yeah, it was the next three. So I was eleven under going in, in the sixteen, and you know you're just trying to obviously you're playing good, so you're just trying to give yourself opportunities to make birdies without having a chance to make a bogey. So you know you you're trying to hit it on the bigger side of the green and trying to get yourself a good look at it. And I made a good up and down on on sixteen, and I had a forty five footer on seventeen to lag to like a foot so it wasn't like great birdie chances I was just like hey you know par in 59 I'll take it I wasn't you know 58 was not in my mind the history was not in my mind I had I had no clue what the you know, lowest score was on the PGA Tour and, um nine is kind of like this par five where you there's some bunkers coming in on the left that you easily can reach with a driver but you could also reach the green and two uh, if you had a really good driver and a really good three wood um, but at the time, man, I just, you know, 59 is, is one of those you want to get in that club, you know, especially if you're going down the last, you got to make part worst. So I had three wood off to keep it short of the bunkers laid up, had like, I don't know, 90 yards. And, um, you know, only, honestly, the only thing they, I think they have from that day that I shot 58 on video is my last putt. Um, so I hit my wedge to, I don't know, 12 feet. Um, 
And, you know, on a day like that, you've got a pretty easy downhill 12-footer. It's, the chances are it's going in. So after that, you know, you're, you're kind of like, dang, this was, this was pretty special. Um, late tea time, you know, it's 7 o'clock. I've done a bunch of interviews. And, um, but even after a round, I was like, you know what? That's great. This is awesome. Um, but, like, I've got to win this golf tournament. You know, I think, you know, that week for some reason was the, the scores were really low. I think eight under was second. I was 12. So it wasn't like I was had a 10-shot lead, you know. So um, I really had to come back and refocus on, on winning a golf tournament. I ended up obviously winning and um, kind of turning my season around. But um, I think winning that golf tournament was bigger than the 58 for sure. For my career. Yeah. yeah. Um, just kind of talking about the overall perspective instead of one round. Um, yeah. You know, that being said, what, so what was your favorite course in Germany or what is your favorite course in Germany? And then the same question goes for here in the U.S. What's your favorite course to play? I mean, I would say in Germany, I haven't really played. Or Europe, Europe as a whole, don't, not just yeah, Germany. Yeah, I mean, I've, obviously I've played a couple in Europe. Uh, Germany, I would say my home course the, the, in uh, in just near Munich, um, where I grew up, they have a, they have a BMW international open there every year on the European tour. So, um, it's a great golf course. They've done a lot of a good job over the last, you know, five or 10 years to kind of keep up with the, with a trend. And, um, I've played Valderrama is probably one of the better ones I've played in Europe. Um, but this is, uh, I mean, this is also like probably, 10, 12, 13 years ago than I played. I haven't really traveled that much in Europe to play um, just because I've been focused on here and I've been, you know, trying to get on the PGA Tour rather than the European Tour. Um, in the States, I, I say this every time and I don't know why, but, well, I know why, but Pebble is probably number one. It's just I'm kind of a landscape guy and, like, you go on the – you know, you go play six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're like Jesus. There's, there's not much better than that. Um, it's just, I love Carmel. I love the area. Um, honestly, all the golf courses there are awesome. Um, play the Pebble Beach, AT&T, a couple of times, and um, it's just a special area, special golf course, especially with the history. And um, it's just, it's awesome. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite. Uh, favorites in the in the world honestly um but I'm, I'm a big california golf course guy like i like riviera um never i've never played good there but i still like it um love tory once again i mean you're on the you're on the <laughs> you're on the pacific coast you know you're you're it's pretty special um but yeah uh, i think you know i could play in california a lot and love a lot of golf courses for sure yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah, for sure. Um, and then turning to more of a fun question. Uh, so kind of who would be your ultimate or dream foursome? If you got, if you like any, any, like you could play at Pebble or any course, like who would be the ultimate foursome to have for you? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think you were just kind of go cliche here. Um, I would love to play with Arnie. Arnie was probably one of the ones that I really wanted to play. Um, and then, I mean, Tiger, he was the idol that you know, people my age kind of grew up on. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, that and, you know, maybe a buddy of mine that I could share that experience with. Um, and uh, it's just those two have uh, done so much for the game. Um, and and obviously, Arnie's not with us anymore. But um, it's just you can see it all the time with the impact that they've had on everybody and it just be cool to pick their brains and hey, what you know, what are you thinking there? And you know, the the, the experience they all had, be cool. Um, I, the playing with Tiger is not over yet. I think I, I, I've got a couple more years to to maybe get paired with them on a weekend somewhere, um, and that that will be a very different but cool experience. I've I've had buddies that play with them and said he's really, really good to play with, especially for a guy that's, you know, maybe not well-known and not, not top of the world. Um, very cordial and very understands that it's it's nervous for us too. You know, we're we're playing with our idol, you know, so it's, it's definitely a cool deal. Yeah, it's definitely a golf lover's question, um, that one for sure. 
Um, so currently you're eighth on the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm pretty sure that means you get a PGA card. Um, I don't exactly know how it works, but if so, what are the plans for the rest of this year? And then as we move into 2021? Yeah, this year is pretty simple. Um, I think you just kind of keep grinding, um, working on the same things that I've been working on the last couple months and um, playing a couple Mondays and um, hopefully get in, play, play an event or two. But our schedule hasn't come out yet. It should come out next week or two. We start in January. So um, it's, you know, go play as well as you can. I've, I've won one this year. So, you know, I'd have to play, you know, have to win two more to, to, you know, get the automatic promotion. Um, it's hard and, you know, it's, it's, there's only been two guys that won twice this year. So I think there's going to be, there's going to be one or one or two guys that do the three win promotion, but you know, the, the end plan is to be on tour in the fall next year. Um, and I've given myself a good opportunity um, coming next August to, to tee it up in Napa um, and, and, and go up there and, and play the first event of the, I guess the 21, 22 season. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much the end goal until then. And then we'll set reset our goals and, and see where we can go from there. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, and then I just have a couple quick questions. I went on a list. Mm-hmm. Um, a, how, how do you change your mindset between playing on a Thursday and Friday and then on the weekend? Do you stay conservative? Do you be aggressive? What's that typically like for you? Well, it depends really about how I'm playing. Like if I'm playing terrible on Thursday, Friday, it's kind of like give yourself a lot of opportunities, kind of try to get somewhere maybe where you can play and make some birdies and figure it out after a round, you know? So if I feel like I'm playing good and I've got really control over my golf ball, I, I play pretty aggressively when it needs to. Um, but I also want to kind of have a no stress round. You know, you kind of want to, you know, if I would make six birdies around no bogeys, I'm going to have a pretty good chance of winning. Um, but it, it really depends how your game feels. We, we feel that pretty quickly. Um, on like, hey, I have pretty good control over my golf ball now, and I'm putting good and everything. And some weeks it's just, it's just golf. You just, you can't really start online, or you can't read the greens or whatever. So you just kind of adjust on, on how you feel, and that's what, that's what the best players in the world do. I mean, if if they, if they had the A game every week, they would win every week. So you just got to figure out what's good and what's bad that week, or what's you know mediocre and play around that and, and make as many birdies and least amount of bogeys you can. Gotcha. For sure. And my second quick question is what's your favorite club? Everyone has a favorite club. <sighs> yeah. You know, um, I've kind of, ch- I don't know. I, I like chipping. Chipping is kind of probably my best part of my game. Um, so I kind of use my, my sandwich a lot, um, different shots and stuff. And that's probably one of my favorite clubs. But I've been driving the ball really well the last two months. So driver actually has become one of the one of the clubs that I really like pulling and and, and, and hitting it hitting it hard and trying to hit it as far as possible. And um yeah, it just depends. If I don't putt well, i I hate my putter. And if I don't, you know, I, think hit my irons can agree with, I hate yeah. my, my irons. So it's, it's, you know, it, for us, we play so much golf. It's not like, you know, the normal amateur has like, I love my seven iron, but I can't hit my six iron. Well, it's kind of the same club. It's just a little less loft. So uh, it, we don't really have like favorite clubs. It's more like favorite parts of the game. I would, I would think. Gotcha for sure. And then my last quick question is, are you a Bayern Munich fan? Yeah, I used to be a big fan when I was when I was living in Germany. I've kind of lost a little bit of, you know, kind of touch with the Bundesliga and all that. Um, but anytime they play and it's on TV, I'll, I'll watch it. But it's, so it's ha- harder to keep up here than it is in Germany. Do you think they win the Champions League again this season? Well, I mean, it's kind of like saying that I mean, they're one of the best teams in Europe every year. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's probably between them and three other teams. So they've got a pretty good chance. Let's just say that. Awesome, awesome. Espen, do you have any questions? 
No, I think, I mean, it was really interesting to listen to you. Um, I'm a huge golf fan. I've been, I've been following the PGA tour and corn Ferry too for about seven, eight years now. I've, I've what I want to hopefully get involved with golf in my future. So it was really cool having you come on the show as our first professional athlete as we try and grow our brand a little bit. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We appreciate it. And thank you. Thanks. Have a, right. Thank you. Take care.